It's the football, 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 and sometimes other sports show. Here's your host, AJ Nicoletti. What up? FFFSOSS.com. At FFFSOSS. Twitter, Twitter. TV What's good? What is up? Thursday edition of the pod. Uh, I played uh, hoops on Tuesday night. Finally made a couple jumpers after the last week. I think I made one. I didn't take a bunch, to be fair. I didn't really take a bunch either last uh, on Tuesday night. So, Gabe's coming back. And also, the if you recall from M&A, when I would talk about the men's league, I was in... I would call myself Kawhi Leonard because I was the elite on ball defender. That's slowly coming back as well. Couple a uh, couple plays here and there, just absolutely beating someone to the spot, bodying up, clean, like not even nobody even thought about calling a foul. I was like, yeah. Then we get that rebound, starting to get some rebounds. The hops are coming back, slowly but surely. The game's coming, and you know. If you know, like, I don't have a bad jumper, but if it's it's a very streaky jumper, and if I hit a couple, like, like famously, in the men's league that I was previously, in a playoff game, I had 16 in the first half, four threes. Okay. And then they didn't give me the ball in the second half, which didn't make any sense, because I had 16 in the first half. And that's probably my best basketball moment, to be fair. I've had double-doubles. In some co-ed leagues. But yeah, 16 in the first half. That's pretty good. So yeah, um, we're back to balling, which is good. Which I miss so much. So that's, basketball's the best. Or one of the best. Because obviously I don't like the NBA, but you know. But uh, What we're doing on this pod, speaking of basketball. Saturday's top 25 college basketball matchups. We got five of them ranked versus ranked. Very, very, like, Big rivalries in Tennessee, Bama, Gonzaga, St. Mary's, uh, Kansas, Baylor's kind of a little bit of a rivalry recently for sure. So uh, we will look a little deeper at, at those games. Uh, a, re- a look back at some of Tuesday and Wednesday night's games. Uh, look ahead to the rest of the weekend slate. Talk soccer, FA Cup recap of the fifth round proper, they believe they call it, or the round of 16 for the normal folks, then a weekend soccer preview, EPL, La Liga, Serie A, bonus Liga, Ligue and then some golf talk at the end of the program. All right, take it off. Saturday's top 25 matchups. Just go through them quickly. You got number 24, Florida, traveling to number 18, South Carolina. Number 7, Kansas goes to Waco to take on 15-ranked Baylor in a Big 12 showdown. Marquette goes to Omaha to go take on the Creighton Blue Jays. That's 12, hosting 5. Tennessee on the road, a top-four team looking to get in uh, as a top seed in the tournament. They go to Tuscaloosa to take on number 14, Bama. Then you got Gonzaga, 23rd. St. Mary's 17th. You don't really see that normally. St. Mary's ranked better than Gonzaga. Gonzaga just kind of holding on to a ranking. They haven't been ranked in in a little bit in this season. They've been struggling. But back into the rankings, uh, I think a lot of people were scared that Gonzaga was not going to make the tournament. And it's weird not to have a tournament without Gonzaga. Like, you need Gonzaga in the tournament. But uh, those are the five matchups. So, two in the SEC. 
one of the Big 12, one of the Big East, and you got that great matchup out west in Gonzaga and St. Mary's. So Florida, South Carolina, this is like a seeding game for me, not only in the SEC tournament coming up, but the NCAA tournament. This is, you know, a quad one game for Florida. It's a quad one game on the road, which like almost counts as double if you can get a win, and it's not the worst thing in the world if you lose the game. But for South Carolina, they got a lot more at stake because it is a home quad one game that, you know, the rankings, the net, with Ken Palm, even the top 25, like you're supposed to win home games that you're supposedly better than the other team. So South Carolina will have their work cut out for them on Saturday. That's a hungry Florida team going there. Um, and I'm very interested to watch that game. That's one of the first games that tips off. And they should have a lot of eyeballs on them, to be fair. Then you go to the Big 12. Kansas and Baylor in Waco. Kansas coming off blowing a, a double-digit lead against BYU at home. You got Baylor's been a couple tough games here and there, you know, especially on the road, but then losing to Houston at home hurt. Um, but they're an excellent team. Drew is a great coach, obviously sells a good coach, but Kansas kind of melting down was so unlike them. You know, that's just not what Bill Self teams do. So I'm very interested to see how they respond because they need to respond. And in the Big 12, how great that league is. And, yeah, there's a couple teams at the bottom that you don't have to have your A game against, but you still got to have at least your B or C game, right? And if it's your C game, you're probably going to lose. But that league, like, you lose at home to BYU, that's basically a ranked team. And then you go on the road to Waco to Baylor, who's like a lot of people are like, hey, you know, if Baylor wins out here, they move up the rankings. And you're like, oh, yeah, they do move up. the. Do they get to the two line? Do they get to the three? Where do they get to? So that is a league that with Houston being a one, you're probably going to get Kansas as a two. There's other like Iowa State is trying to get to trying to be a two. You know, there's there's going to be a lot of action, a lot of representation in the Big Twelve in those top sixteen seats, as we've already seen. So that's a gigantic matchup, Kansas Baylor, and you got Big East, Marquette Creighton, both teams that are clearly behind UConn, in my opinion. Even though Creighton has UConn's number, Creighton doesn't do um, what UConn does to other teams. Even though Creighton does beat UConn, give them credit. McDermott's got a great record. Uh, over UConn since they've come back into the Big East, and especially Hurley, as we know. But Hurley's got the ring, so it doesn't really matter, right? So for these two teams, they're clearly second and third choice in the Big East, and the Big East to me is a good, is a very good league. Yes, the three teams at the top are excellent, and I think the middle of the pack is pretty good too. Now, I know Georgetown and DePaul are not great, but I think the rest of the league is pretty solid, and you can get a, a solid fight on any given night in that league, as we know. And that's why I love it so much, and obviously like my connection to the Garden and and the league as a whole, you know, I love the Big East. So Marquette Creighton, Marquette just bullied Providence. Creighton lost to St. John's. Creighton wants to uh, bury a team back after that. So I'm, I'm expecting a really good game. I'm expecting a high-scoring game in Omaha, and it might be like first to 85 wins. I would not be shocked if that game, like, they break the scoreboard. The pace is going to be there. 
Um, Shaka Smart's going to be out of control. He's probably going to get like a turnover himself by deflecting pass because he's going to be on the court, which is crazy in his own right. But I'm excited for that. Like These are some really great basketball games. I know it's in league, so it's not like you're going to see these in March unless it's like later in the tournament. You really don't see conference versus conference in the tournament. Very rare. Um, but Marquette Creighton, that could be a Big East final if, if UConn gets upset, as we know. But if it's two versus three, it would be a semifinal. All right, um, Tennessee-Bama. Tennessee has an opportunity here. Uh, they beat Auburn. They got Bama. And they got a, a, a very quad one heavy schedule the rest of the way. And obviously in the SEC tournament, maybe they get a game that isn't a quad one technically, but almost exclusively the rest of the way, they're going to get a quad one opportunity. So, Tennessee is going to try to get into that mix of being a number one seed. And even though I don't think uh, Rick Barnstein is ever going to win a natty, um, and I don't like the makeup of their team, and I understand the transfer has been good. Connects been very good, and he's their best player, which is something different to what they've had last year. Um, so I have to give him credit for coming in and being a good player. However, I don't like the core still, and I think the core will find a way to lose games, even though they've been impressive. And you could call me a Tennessee hater. Like, that's fine. Uh, it's more about the coach and Viscovi and Ziegler and Triple J. So there you go. And Bama, we know what Bama's going to do. They're going to get up and down. And Tennessee, it seems like, doesn't mind the styles. Like, they played at Auburn's kind of pace and beat them. And I think they could play at Bama's pace and beat them. So I don't think Tennessee's afraid of playing up and down and trying to outscore you. So that'll be an interesting game on Saturday night. And Bama, you know, for a while there was in trouble. They've put a, a pretty solid SEC schedule together, uh, you know, in conference. A good in conference record in that league. So I know they didn't have the best non-league, but they did play a pretty competitive non-league. So you have that game, and then Gonzaga, St. Mary's late. Always these games, you know, you usually get three of them a year between the home and home and then the title game. Or, you know, sometimes it's the semifinal, but it usually is very rare semifinal. It's usually the final. Um, and I think that is a game where you find out about those two teams because, yes, they do play very good out of conference. Gonzaga went to Kentucky and won earlier in the year. St. Mary's had, had some good wins early in the season as well out of league. So, yeah, they have those games, but then these, you know, Gonzaga-St. Mary's matchups, they're the measuring stick games for these two teams, as we know. So, um, I'm very interested to watch that one as well. And these are, that's a five-pack of really good games. You know, you need a sixer. Maybe there's a couple other ranked versus non-ranked in there, but I wanted to, you know, rank versus rank. Top 25 college basketball match. Like, these are some good games. And, in, like, Kansas-Baylor could be a Big 12 final. Marquette Creighton could have, you know, theoretically could be a Big East final. Tennessee-Bama could be an SEC final. Gonzaga-St. Mary's, that league's fun, always. So, um, I'm very interested to see these games. And on Saturday, it's just another Saturday where... You know, if you got something going on, understandable, but make sure you at least get 
your eyeballs on some of these games because these are some games that are very important. And, you know, end of February, into March, like dog days of conference ball here, you know, in the middle of February and end of February. It's been tough for some of these teams to keep surviving, to keep fighting. But um, you're going to see some teams quitting soon, so we'll see. All right, uh, some games early in the week here. Kentucky, Mississippi State. I thought that was an absolute trap spot for Kentucky uh, coming off the big wins. And Mississippi State, who had a lead and just blew it, also put up the graphic, like, don't storm the court with four minutes left. Like, yo, it's a four-point game and there's four minutes left. What are you doing putting that up? Put that up when we're up eight with ten seconds left. Are you crazy? Four minutes left, you say don't storm the court in a four-point game? You could lose by 15. So that was crazy. That's a bad job by Mississippi State. And I thought Mississippi State, um, you know, seeing some of that game and, and and looking at the trends and looking at what, you know, the reaction to it, like Mississippi State should win that game. And Reed Shepard went off. That guy can play, man. He's a player. So Kentucky's really good. I think Mississippi State's pretty good. And they're going to, like, Mississippi State, if you ever get them in an 8-9, oh, my God. I don't think they will be. I think they should be a little higher than 8-9, to be fair to them, because they, they're in a good league and they have a good team. They play an all right at a conference. But give Kentucky credit. I mean, Cal, there are some games where you're looking at him like, what the hell is going on with Kentucky? And then there's other games where you're like, whoa, they can win it. So. That's the Kentucky story, of course. BYU-Kansas, BYU second half double-digit comeback in Allen Fieldhouse. Uh, Kansas did not play a very good second half. Kansas, similar to Michigan State with some of these games, like, I don't know how these guys, like, Self and Izzo having teams not be able to close teams out with leads. Like, I understand maybe not being able to come back in a game or in a back and forth not being able to pull it out fine you have like three four possession leads and you can't close it out as a bill self or a tom Izzo team like that's really discouraging and i think kansas is a really great team and i thought michigan state was a really great team but they are i am so confused about both of them like truly like i i cannot put i do not understand why michigan state isn't good and i do not understand why kansas Cannot close out games at home. It's crazy. Yeah, Texas, Texas Tech, gigantic win for Texas. I I like Texas in that spot going out there. Uh, the big moment in the game, Cunningham's hip check, and then him getting ejected, and them tossing the beer on the court and stuff. Um, that was crazy. The Cunningham play, like, I get it. He's like, I was. It's a basketball play, brother. If you're in front of them and boxing them out, it's a basketball. You look like <laughs> you launched yourself into him as a hip check, bro. There's no way you can say that wasn't a, like was a basketball play. So like, you can say what you want. Um, he had to get kicked. He had to get kicked out of that game. I think everybody knows he had to get kicked out of that game. But Texas wins it anyway. You know, between Cunningham and Weaver, that's their role player, and. Aceman's Hunter, the Sue Mitchell. They're so good. Like Texas is another team. I don't understand how they're not a great team. That that team is so talented. And Terry's not a bad coach. And they get a big win in Lubbock against Texas Tech. Auburn, Tennessee, Tennessee, 
fights off Auburn in the second half, like war. Um, it was close in the first half, but I thought Auburn took a lead. Tennessee fought back in that second half and then kind of back and forth until Tennessee pulled away after the under four. Very impressive performance from uh, Barnes' Vols, but I still, you know, I, I'm never going to believe in a team like that until they win it. Like, there are some teams, like, back in the day, M&A, when I picked Nova to win it their first year, the, the first one, which you right, like, I was like, there's just something about this Nova team. Like, for me, like, there's, I just, I'm never going to pick Tennessee. So, they might win it, and I'll have to eat the crow like I did with Virginia, because um, I would never pick Virginia, as everybody knows. But, um... You got to give Tennessee credit. That's a big home win. That's a big home win for them. Uh, Providence, Marquette, Marquette big. Providence is in trouble. Shout out to PCBC. I want no smoke with the PCBC. Um, but I think they would even admit they're in trouble. Um, you know, between them, Seton Hall, St. John's, like, not all those teams are getting in. You know, so... They might be stealing a bid from each other, let alone other bubble teams kind of a thing. So Marquette, impressive, and they got the big one with Creighton coming up. And Providence hosts Villanova over the weekend, and Villanova's a team that's quietly putting together some wins and playing some good defense, and Dixon has been excellent. Um, Moore and Dixon just have been there forever, playing the two-man game a lot, and that's just they're they're awesome. They're so good. I mentioned uh, Florida and South Carolina in the SEC. Gigantic game for both teams. Quad one opportunity on the road for Florida. It's a really like, and again, like this isn't like one first twenty five. Like this is like a toss up kind of ranking when you look at it. Twenty four versus eighteen. Like I know it's like not twenty four to twenty two, and it's not eighteen sixteen, but it's not one to twenty five. You know. So that's a big one. Going to be watching that one. Kansas Baylor I talked about earlier. A lot of great guards. Baylor has not, you know, the elite big that Dickinson is for Kansas, but they have bigs that they can throw at him. So that'll be interesting to watch those matchups. Illinois, Wisconsin. Wisconsin's had a free fall second half. And that's a team that I wasn't necessarily sold on to begin the season, but I saw them playing some good basketball, scoring the basketball, um, they obviously play good defense. They're known for that. But then they weren't playing good defense when they got into the Big 12 schedule. And they weren't uh, scoring the same way they were because they were getting outscored by teams when you can't be doing that. So I just um, – I really don't understand the Wisconsin team. I think Illinois is pretty good. Um, Hawkins, for me, takes a couple too many shots. Uh, I think Shannon should get the, the workload there. But Illinois is a really good team, and that's an opportunity for both teams. In big spot, in a big spot. Duke coast Virginia. Duke coming off shellac in Louisville after the loss against Wake. It's a big game for Duke. UVA always gives Duke problems, um, especially if it gets played at UVA's pace because then they can steal the game. Duke has to shoot it well. If Duke comes out and shoots it well, it's going to be tough for Virginia to keep up with them. Um, and I expect a Duke win. Oregon and Arizona. Oregon could really, really help their chances. I don't think they're getting in. I don't, I don't think the Pac-12 is going to get more than two, three teams. I'd be, I'd be honestly shocked if they got three. I think it might be only be two, um, depending on how they look at the field with the net. Arizona has to win out because Tennessee is breathing down their neck. 
because Arizona, yeah, they had a great non-league. Their league isn't the same as it once was. It's not as competitive as it once was. It's not helping them out as it once was. So Arizona has to keep winning because Tennessee has quad one opportunities that Arizona might not have. So there you go there. Marquette Creighton, big game of the Big East. Pumped for that one. You got Mississippi State, Auburn. Both teams coming off losses. Um, I wouldn't say Auburn blew the lead that Mississippi State did, but both blown leads in the second half. One at home for Mississippi State. Obviously, Auburn on the road in Knoxville. One of these teams is going to get a really big win. And if it's Mississippi State, that's a gigantic win on the road. And if it's Auburn, it's a really nice bounce back after a tough loss uh, to Tennessee. So one of those teams is going to get a really, really important win. And if you lose it, you hopefully just don't get blown out. I mentioned Michigan State before. They take on Purdue. And wouldn't it just be so Izzo for Purdue to just go, or so Izzo for Michigan State to go to Purdue and find a way to win that game? Because Purdue is very, very good. But if they don't get a good whistle on the way Edie is officiated and he's getting hacked no calls and held no calls and he gets more frustrated and they kind of let him play, Michigan State wants a physical game because Michigan State's guards are bigger than Purdue's guards. And even though I do think Purdue's guards have improved so much from last year to this year, that's the number one talking point for me with Purdue because, yes, Edie's going to win player of the year. But if you pay attention, guards in the tournament are so important. Inbounding the ball, defending the three, making threes, getting the ball to big men. Guard play is so important in March. And Purdue, for me, when you looked at it all last year, I was worried about the guards. I said it all last year. This year, they're much better. And even though they are much better, Michigan State's guards are bigger, besides Walker. Walker will probably be on Smith. That'll be a good matchup. But Hogger's better. AJ Hogger's better, bigger than Smith and Lawyer. So, and Eakins and Hall are, are gigantic, too. <laughs> so, they're bigger than Gillis. I'm pretty, pretty sure Hall is as big as Gillis. Shout out, Shane. <laughs> but that's me what I'm talking about. Tennessee-Bama mentioned it. Gigantic game. Both, both schools... Big rivalry, as we know. What is it? Third Saturday in October in football. I don't think they have the weekend set in basketball terms, but gigantic rivalry. That one takes place in Tuscaloosa. Going to be looking forward to that one. You got Gonzaga St. Mary's as well. Late night, I talked about that. I believe Sunday, Seton Hall, UConn. Seton Hall has an opportunity to pick off UConn and get a big upset. Um, I just don't see it happening again. Seton Hall beat him at the Rock. Hurley is going to get so up for this game with his guys. I'm uh, like, it would be gigantic for Seton Hall if they could pull it off because, hey, we beat the number one team twice. Once at their place. So you're going to put us in the, in the field? Like, they would have, like, looking at the bubbles. You'd be like, well, that team has one of the best wins in the country. So if Seton Hall can follow it up with the double over UConn, uh, that's a gigantic uh, notch in their resume for the tournament. But with them already beating UConn in Newark, 
I think uh, Danny Hurley's going to have his Yukon Huskies ready to go. And Spencer has shot the lights out. And at home, he is a killer. He feeds off that crowd. Because he came from Rutgers. And everybody knows you feed off a Rutgers crowd at the rack. Uh, so UConn there. And then I believe Monday you got Texas Baylor. And Texas, another opportunity to go on the road and win. They just did it in Lubbock. Can they do it in Waco on Monday? All right, footy. FA Cup. Coventry City was already through after they played Monday. Bournemouth, Leicester City. Leicester City win it 1-0 after extra time. So it goes to extra time and Leicester City finds the goal. Blackburn, Newcastle, 1-1 after extra time. Newcastle win it 4-3 on penalties. Yeah, Luton Town hosting Man City. City win it 6-2. Holland had five goals. De Bruyne a handful of assists as well. Brilliant. Chelsea leads. Chelsea win it 3-2. Uh, they had to come back from down 1-0. Jackson equalized it. Mudrick gave him a 2-1 lead, but Leeds had equalized it. And then Gallagher, 90th minute winner after Enzo made a very good driving run. Gallagher called for it. Enzo played it to him and a good finish from Gallagher to give Chelsea the victory. Forrest Man U at the City Grand. Man U win it. 89th minute winner. 1-0. Casemiro. Uh, big goal. I mean, he he has a, a history. He has a knack. He has a trait for scoring the big goal and the big moment for his club. Um, give him credit. I saw the red card appeal, uh, like the, the choke thing against Bruno. Honestly... Like, you're going to be like, AJ, you're just clowning Bruno because that's what you do. You don't like Bruno. If he goes down, they get the red card. I'm shocked he didn't go down. Like, he didn't react. This is a guy that never gets touched, and he rolls around for two minutes. And he actually, like, got choked, and he, like, barely react. He barely reacted. What? And listen, VAR, that's atrocious to get that wrong, 100%. But I don't want to hear about Man U complaining about VAR. Sorry. They are not on, they're not on the list of teams that I want to hear complain about VAR. Started the first weekend. <laughs> when, when Onana buried two Wolves players, okay? So please, all right? I don't want to hear it. Um, but give them credit. They're on to the next round. Wolves beat Brighton at the Monleyu. 1-0 is a Lamina goal. Lamina's had some big goals for Wolves this year. And Liverpool, 3. Southampton, nil at Anfield. Kumas, a goal in his debut. Dan's a brace coming off the bench. I mean, the Liverpool kids are all right. Klopp's kids, I, I, like, there's 13, 14 first-team players injured, I believe, or out with illnesses. 14. Think about that number. So, uh, hopefully Liverpool can get healthy because they're you know competing on all fronts still. Quarterfinal has been drawn. It will be Manchester United hosting Liverpool at Old Trafford with a trip to Wembley on the line for the semifinal. You have Wolves welcoming Coventry City at the Montlieu. Chelsea at the Bridge against Leicester City. And City at the Etihad welcome in the Toon Army, Newcastle. So you'll have at least two Prem teams. You could have two championship teams 
Uh, and you also could have all prep teams in the semifinals. So those will be, I believe, the 16th and 17th of March, uh, those quarterfinal dates, and then the semifinals, back-to-back -back days at Wembley in April. All right, weekend soccer preview, EPL, Forest, welcome in Liverpool. Liverpool, top of the league, have to keep winning. Everybody's on the same amount of games now. Uh, so if City win and Liverpool draw, uh, City go ahead, right, by one, right? And Arsenal's back two points to Liverpool, so they could get top of the league as well if, if City lose and Liverpool lose. So, like, anything could happen now with these three teams, and we got a great title race. So Forest at the City ground. Welcoming Liverpool. Liverpool, you got to hope some of these guys are back uh, with the Europa League game and Man City on the horizon. Um, but Forest have had some good moments. Unfortunately, they haven't had the best results this season, and they're going to be fighting uh, the rest of the way. Now, for them, what's good for them is they don't have to play Liverpool anymore after this, which is good. Um, so I'm sure they're going to be dying for at least a point. And Liverpool needs three, so that'll make an interesting match. So we'll see what happens there. Tottenham, Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace. Elise and Eze. That's all I have to say. If they play, they can beat anybody. Because they have little moments of magic that other you know, teams don't have. Some of those guys. And Crystal Palace have two of them. Tottenham have gotten a lot of their guys back. Romero and Van Deven are the center back. You know, Poro and Adogi are the wing backs, the full backs. They've had a couple of injuries in the midfield, sure, but Madison's back, right? They got options up front, so I don't want to hear about Tottenham excuses anymore. Find a way to win a game at home. Find a way to win a game at home. Newcastle, Wolves, St. James Park. Wolves have had some really good results. And Wolves are playing good, and they play themselves really out of the drop, which is great because you don't want to be in that um, in that fight. And the quicker you get out of that fight, the quicker you can kind of say, okay, let's start thinking about next season and you know bringing some guys in and all that kind of stuff because Wolves teams get rated, unfortunately, for them. You know, They lose a lot of guys. And Newcastle have had some injuries, as we know. I mean, they've been playing Lewis Miley in the midfield for, what, four months now? <laughs> and he's, what, 12 years old? No, 18. Um, but that's a big match. Newcastle trying to fight back into a European spot. Somehow, some way, they need to do that with with the, the squad they have, but they haven't done well. Fulham, Brighton. Brighton are going to miss Matoma for the rest of the season. That's gigantic. I mean, that's a guy that they could just play the long ball to. He could be the defender and either... The help comes or it doesn't come and he scores or he assists it. Like, Matoma is a guy that can get a goal in an instant and to not have him for Deserby for the rest of the way, that's that's tough. And Brighton are another club, uh, you know, better win in point getting than, than Wolves, to be fair, but another club that kind of just gets raided over and over again. So um, when you have opportunities to finish with good point totals and, and have – you know, record seasons for you guys. You lose one of your top scorers. That's tough. That's tough for Brighton. And Fulham, Fulham have been better. I mean, coming off the big win at Old Trafford, like, they haven't won there in forever and to win there. Like, that's that's a gigantic result. So, come back to Craven Cottage. Welcome in a Brighton team that's going to be licking their wounds. They can absolutely get a result. Fulham could. Everton, West Ham. 
West Ham got Paquetta back, get a result. I, I don't think that's a coincidence. Paquetta, to me, is a great, great player. Uh, he'll be on City soon, probably. But um, a creator, a finisher, an outlet sometimes for that team. And Moyes getting options back helps him make the correct sub. You know, play the right 11, play the right formation. So they'll go to Goodison with a plan to score because he's getting his guys back. So that's big. And for Everton, point, redu point deduction goes from 10 to 6. So even though you're still, you don't feel, I guess, overly validated. I don't know what the word is there. But like, you don't think you should have any points taken away, but you got at least some back. That's big. That's almost a win and a draw. It is a win and a drawback, so that's big. Um, and now you welcome in a West Ham team that finally got a win, so they're going to be feeling good, but they haven't been great, so you can put them right back down. Brentford, Chelsea, London Derby. Brentford with Tony. Wissa, they got to get healthy up front because when they're healthy up front, they're always dangerous on the counter. They can always hit that long ball um, and go. So um, the way the way Chelsea have played, it hasn't been great, but they've had some moments. They've found some ways to win some games, and even though they didn't win the, the match against Liverpool in the final, um I didn't think they played a bad game necessarily. Just not a brave one in, in the later stages. So Enzo and Caicedo. If Caicedo can not try to break people's ankles, he's going to be fine in that midfield. And Enzo. Enzo either needs Gallagher to, to be that guy or they need to get another guy to play with him because they either need a 10 or like Gallagher to step up. Because Enzo is like the 8 and Caicedo is the 6, but it's really like kind of like double eight, double sixes instead of like double eights almost or, or, or ten, eight, six. But Chelsea can go to Brentford and absolutely get a result and they should. Like that's, like Chelsea have to go to these sides and go win. Like so, like enough's enough. I'm sure they're all frustrated. Luton and Villa. Villa still have top four aspirations with, uh, you know, United, Tottenham, in that hunt as well, Villa can, um, Villa could be the team that gets top four. Burnley, Bournemouth, Bournemouth's been playing better. Burnley's going down. Uh, you got a Manchester derby at the Etihad. City hosting United, and Ten Hag has a big opportunity here to get some momentum for the second half of this season. You know, to try to get a trophy push in the FA Cup final by beating a rival in Liverpool in, in, in uh, less than a month's time. And it could really start here, even though they had won some games. They lose a lot of momentum with the, uh, the drop points to Fulham at home after, you know, getting back in the match. So, United go to the Etihad. They've had some moments in this derby recently where City have been, you know, winning leagues and United have been taking some points off them. I don't know how they can do it without Hoyland. Um, and even though he hasn't scored, you know, the best goals, like he's got a little bit of a knack for goal now, and he scored some Premier League goals that you said, okay, 
you know, that's a guy that's adapting. That's a guy that's getting better. That's a guy that's finding his kind of um, goal-scoring prowess back, if you will. So all that for United, but City are relatively healthy. Zabroyne and Holland are back. And you put those two in, and then you fill it around it with between Foden. I know Grealish just picked up a knock. Doku, Alvarez, Silva, Nunes, Kovacic, Rodrigo, and Rodri. Um, I mean, so many guys. And then he's got a great line of defense as well. So City have it all. We know that. They're in their title hunt push, and they just find ways to win games. And if they're if it's a close game, they find a way to win it, or they'll just blow you out. I mean, that's just what it is sometimes. So I don't I don't really have a lot of hope for United getting a result just because United isn't isn't great. And I understand United fans are like, what do you mean we just had a win? Look at the teams you beat and the ways you beat them. Your goal difference is zero. Come on, have a real conversation. Now, do you, do I think you have some building blocks? Sure. I think the Kobe Mano kid's been brilliant. I think Hoyland's had a really good resurgence here, even after a slow start. Like this, you know, spell of him scoring goals before this injury has been really good. But Bruno as the captain is a mistake. You gotta get two new center backs. Like Lissandro Martinez, he's not big enough. I'm sorry. And he always gets hurt. Maguire is gonna be done. Varon's done. They got injuries at the fullbacks always. He refuses to play McTominay in the games until he subs him in. Then finds a way to win the game, whatever. Fine, I guess he's right. But United have a lot more question marks than City, and that's not good. So City probably big. And then Sheffield United hosts Arsenal. Arsenal's been rolling. This, to me, wouldn't be a shocker if it gets really, really ugly. Because Arsenal have the tendency recently to just suppress teams in the first 15 minutes. And between... Generating chances, getting goals, and just suffocating your team. Oh, boy. Look out, Sheffield United on Monday against Arsenal. All right, La Liga. Valencia, Real Madrid. You got Atletico taking on Real Batis. Mallorca hosts Harona and Atletico hosts Barcelona. Serie A, Inter beat Atalanta 4-0. Darmian Martinez, DeMarco Fertesi, the goal scorers there. Over the weekend, you got Lazio, AC Milan, Napoli, Juventus, and Inter Genoa. Bundesliga action. Freiburg, Munich, Bochum, Rebel Leipzig, Berlin, Dortmund, and Cologne against league leaders and unbeaten Leverkusen. Ligue Monaco hosts PSG Golf. Cognizant Classic, Cognizant Classic, Cognizant Classic, Cognizant Classic. I keep... The Z throws me off. I'm sorry. Formerly the Honda Classic at PJ National. Good field. The Rory, Fitzpatrick, Rose, Ricky Fowler, Shane Larry, Woodland, Minwoo Lee, Zach Johnson, Cam Young, Horschel, Kiz, Cooch, Joel Damon, so a good field at PGA National. Rory likes playing there. Rory likes winning there, so I wouldn't be shocked if Rory gets uh, a win on the PGA Tour this year. So uh, looking forward to that one. And you got some big soccer over the weekend. And, of course, the the college basketball that I talked about. And I know it's, it's like a lot of college basketball recently. And I know I haven't done a lot of NFL headlines, if anything, since the Super Bowl. I'm sorry. I just have checked out of the NFL. I'm, I'm really locked in on college basketball and soccer right now. So, sorry if you're looking for NFL stuff. Maybe I'll, I'll look at it in a couple weeks. But um, heavy college basketball, heavy soccer, gigantic college ball, basketball weekend with those five games, ranked versus ranked. So, watch those. We'll recap them on Tuesday. Everybody have a great weekend. Until then, peace.
football and sometimes other sports show. That's the name of it? Guys, check out his podcast. That sounds like my kind of podcast. Football, 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 and sometimes other sports show. Sounds like me.